Bracken and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with the when things are going wrong against you you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast, the podcast that pays its own way into the football. On this week's show, we'll take a look back at the um, potential banana skin, or is that a pie in the face? You really can't be sure these days. That was the home match with third choice Stevie's Chargers. Joining me to do that is our very own sideshow Mal, Martin Clunas. How are you doing, Martin? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Richard. Then we welcome back the huge pulsating brain that is Simon Cato onto the podcast. Hello, Simon. As a learned man of letters, are you able to tell the difference between a pie and a banana? It seems to have confused an awful lot of people. No, I, I definitely can. It was a pie. Excellent, excellent. So uh, we have two very qualified people, as you can tell, for tonight's show. Anyway, on to Wednesday's match with that rabble from Glasgow. In fact, let's start the review a day or two before the match with the press conferences, because apparently these seem to really wind up certain people, uh, including yourself, Martin, I note from your social media output. So why do people get so worked up by such meaningless bullshit? It's, it just comes from the rivalry, you know, and people will say that it is meaningless, and it is, it is meaningless. I get that. You know, while he did it, he's doing it publicly, you know, and I understand, he, you know, Derek will be telling the players something completely different, and, you know, John Gallagher came out and said as much after the game. Uh, I don't think he needs to be coming out making comments like that. I just don't like it. I mean, to give you an example, Richard, right, Mila Kunis is hotter than my missus, but I would never say that to her face. Uh, but surely, Simon, it's just managerial uh, mind games nonsense, uh, part 64, isn't it? I mean, it's the same sort of stuff that Fergie used to pull when he was, uh, you know, giving Alfredo Di Stefano the bottle of whiskey before Madrid. It's about pumping them up, making making them think that they can't possibly lose, surely. Well, you, you've stolen my exact line that I was about to, to use. It. No, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, to, to me, McInnes knew exactly what he was doing with that, and I was... Uh, slightly surprised. Firstly, I thought it was very blatantly obvious that's what he was doing, and I was surprised people got so annoyed about it. Um, we, we lost 5-0 when we were at Ibrox, uh, took an absolute deserved pumping down there, and um, I thought it was it was an obvious piece of psychology to say to them, ah, you'll come up to Aberdeen and beat us no bother. And, uh, and, and actually, in the background, as Gallagher said, he's telling the, telling the boys the exact opposite and telling them to get fired up for it. So I thought it was, it was an attempt to sow the seeds of complacency in their minds rather than uh, conceding defeat before the game started. I thought it was actually quite, quite blatant, but uh, it, it worked to a degree, clearly. Well, you say that, but the opening half hour, that message simply wasn't permeating through to the dressing room, it seemed. Each of the goals we lost, Martin, pretty much horror shows. The ball's given away very, very cheaply in both cases, but then you get cumulative mistakes, which make things worse. Early in the games like this, 
you expect to be put under pressure from them, even at home. You know, we know they have some good players. You know, no, we seem to invite the, invite them on to us. We were on, early on unable to find a man with what seemed to be the simplest of passes, and so many aimless. Just every time it came to the defence, um, it just seemed to be these aimless get out of here type punts. Because we're not pressing, because we're not closing down, they're they're, they're making mistakes. I mean, I thought. I thought Zach Viner had a really, really terrible evening. His mistake, of course, his was led to the second, um, and we just didn't seem uh, the click. I mean, you know, we were, I want to say, a yard behind them in the first, in that in that opening period, but until we got the, the the first goal, but we were so far off the pace in that first half that it 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 looked really it looked really worrying. I mean. And you're right to say, no, I think it was, was it Gallagher for the first one who gave it re- really, really slackly away? Once we switched on, it was, it was, no, cliche time, night and day. Just these constant silly mistakes that, no, you're hoping that a, a talented team of players that we've got um, aren't going to make. And it just, it was one disaster after another. I want to ask Simon, I mean, the criticism was obviously directed pretty much squarely at the manager when his team sits off and when his his team doesn't press and isn't aggressive in that opening period. But surely it's also partly about the players. I can't imagine the manager's instruction were to sit off and be quite so passive yet again when he'd spoken repeatedly in the build-up to the game about doing it differently. Well, no, it can't have been. And we, we saw with the, the opening of the Celtic match, which was a complete disaster, um, that should have been a lesson for the, the players. To me, there were several features of the first half an hour that were awful. Um, first of all, as Martin said, we conceded possession almost instantly as soon as we had it. So we had no uh, foot in the ball at all in the game, no possession up the field, uh, no break for the defence at all. So we were just lumping it away. We also, and I, I thought this was a feature of the St. Johnson game particularly, but we, we concede fouls far too often. Often. We give away too many free kicks. So when we we're, we're, when we don't have possession, we're tracking back. We're losing we're losing free kicks in the, in the wrong areas. Um, we saw Logan booked for a ridiculous foul after ten minutes. Could have been you know on a knife edge for the rest of the game. We saw uh, Cosgrove put in several fouls to start with. So generally, none of the the mindset to me seemed right at all. With no uh, composure on the ball, and we were conceding free kicks the whole time. When uh, when Arfield score, scored, that had been coming for a long time. When Jack scored, I thought we'd had it. To be perfectly honest, the mentality, the mindset, the, the teams. I think Gallagher again in his post-match interview yesterday talked about them being scared or spooked in the opening half hour, and it really did seem that. Um, I just want to delve a little bit deeper into that second goal because you know we praised Joe Lewis an awful lot on the show um, and I think it's only fair when he, when he makes what was a fairly significant error other people made mistakes of course Zach Viner shouldn't be presenting the ball quite so easily Taylor doesn't quite match the run of Morales absolutely and yes if Shea Logan is absolutely alert he gets to that ball before Jack but but Joe Lewis should either be taking that ball in or, or shoveling it wide shouldn't he Martin I can't really add much to that you know we've been very very Highly praised him, and quite rightly, in previous weeks as well. It's um, the first—I think—the first real, real mistake that you know we we have to give him some stick for in quite in a, in a while. You know, he he needs to be either claiming that, or he needs to be putting it, you no, know, putting it out to one side, um, just to be, you know, you know, there are there are more qualified, you know, goalkeeping coaches and experts than me that will be able to tell you. But just to palm it to where where it was. It's just it's inviting it's inviting trouble. I'm not sure it's entirely fair to say it's the the first serious error that he's made in quite a while. Given that on Saturday he gave away a pretty avoidable penalty kick, 
he got himself out of jail, granted, on Saturday, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And there's been a couple this season. Um, I mean, the St Johnston home game, the goal we lost there, I think, is again something he should be stopping. I'll give it the old, he should do better there. Uh, but uh, to try and avoid that, I did. Uh, we did actually get in touch with David Priest last night on Twitter just to kind of uh, get a bit of expert opinion into uh, into our nonsense. His suggestion is that Joe Lewis isn't quite set enough early enough and because of that, he gets caught with his weight still going backwards, which makes it difficult to get forward and get his hands down to the shot. Um, granted, it's from fairly close range. There's a reasonable amount of force on the shot from Morelos. So, you know, it's a good keeper that's able to pull that in and hold it in. But that's what Julius has been for us, a good keeper. Just a bit of a concern, Simon, mistakes creeping more into his game and is that because he's being exposed more? Because the defence are being exposed more? Because we still haven't got the midfield right? Well, uh, to start on uh, Joe Lewis, I think that he is one of our regular consistent performers. And when we're talking about the game last night, a second goal was coming. And so if it hadn't been scored then, it was on its way. You can't concede the level of possession that we were giving away and allow them to come forward and wave after wave of attacks and expect you're going to be able to hold out. So uh, and the way the game was going at that point, there was a Rangers goal coming. And if it hadn't been then, it would have been within the next few minutes, I think. Um, on, your, on your question, um, I think that we have maybe not had a consistency of, of defence, so we've had some changes in the defence from time to time. Um, I, I'm maybe out on a limb with this view, but I actually think Taylor uh, makes a difference, a positive difference. Um, and I thought he played well, certainly the second half last night, I thought he played really well. I think we also have a slight issue at fullback. You highlighted on uh, your Twitter feed, Richard, after the St. Johnston, uh, sorry, St. Mirren goal at Pataudry, that uh, Lee was very easily beaten. Actually, Hedges was very easily beaten in that goal too. But I think that down that left-hand side, Lee is very uh, athletic, good in the air and good going forward. But I think possibly a little bit suspect defensively. And I think Logan is not near the level he was at over the last two or three years. So I think in the, the two full-back positions, we are looking slightly exposed at the moment. One thing, one thing we mentioned at the game last night when we were kind of watching, and I thought, you know, we've discussed this on here, Richard, a few times as well, about, you know, you know, and I don't want to kind of get into too much about you know, the importance of the captain, but do you think it could be that the, the, the pressure of the captaincy is affecting Joe Lewis's, Joe Lewis's concentration? Because you know, he can't come steaming out and argue with the referee all the time. But do you think that perhaps having to kind of micromanage the defence and the team from from his position that he's in is possibly affecting the concentration levels. It's it's not really a view I particularly subscribe to, um, Simon. I don't know what your thoughts on the captaincy are. I mean, it's I'd I'd rather have an outfield player as captain. Being honest, nothing against uh, uh, Lewis, but a, a captain is a player. And to me, your captain really ought to be either a centre back or centre midfielder because they're right in the middle of the action at all times. I wouldn't have the main striker or the goalkeeper as being the captain. It needs to be somebody right in the middle of things. And, and really for the point that, that Martin's saying, um, they're, they're close to the ref, close to the other players, close to the action at all times. Uh, if it was me, I'd, I'd make McKenna the captain. Yeah, I, I think obviously what happened uh, pre-season, well, just as the season kicked off with this transfer request, makes that very, very unlikely, to be perfectly honest right now. But... Uh, I, I don't, and I think I've said this before in this podcast, I don't subscribe a lot of weight or merit to 
the captaincy being really a thing that should be a huge influence on either a given player's performance or indeed the performance of a team. It's it's not cricket, you know, there's not that much weight on the captain. But possibly, maybe it's another thing that's just just weighing on, on Joe's mind. I do accept Simon's point last night that a second goal was on the cards, absolutely. But it is another mistake. It's one of a number of mistakes in the lead up and the conclusion of that goal, absolutely. And you can assign your own weight to them. You know, this is a keeper who has had a, a very high standard during his time at Aberdeen. And it's just, there's a few errors. And I, I, I'm wondering, is that simply because he's not getting the protection? I don't think the defence is getting the protection. And even in, you know, games like last night, games even at the weekend... Because we don't have that quality in the midfield, and because, you know, part of that is because first choice guys are injured and out, or indeed new signings haven't hit the ground running, we're not able to control the football, dominate games like we used to. So, you know, when it comes to a game like Saturday, which, you know, when we went ahead, that should have been it. It should have been nice and calm to the end because we're an experienced team. But because that midfield is really struggling right now, we are not able to get that foothold in games as we are used to under Derek McInnes. I don't know what you think about that argument, uh, Martin. It is. It's about getting the foothold in the game, and that was that was the problem last night. Is that we didn't we we didn't get any kind of sense of a foothold uh, until until we scored, um, and you know, that's a long time to be under pressure. Like you, I, I totally agree with you what you're saying about the tactics. I don't think the manager told him to go out and be play like that. Um, obviously, there's a formation there, and you know we didn't drift out of the game. We weren't in the game from the get go, um, and that's the concern that we should be. You, know, you would like to think that the the players would be really up for this. You know, you know, absolute, you know, one hundred percent effort from the first minute, and that was the thing is it wasn't there. There wasn't there wasn't a foothold to, to let go of. We just didn't have one. I think there is something about starting the game with six defenders. You know, if you, if you if you push two defenders into midfield and say, right, today you guys are going to screen the defence, you're going to be in, in midfield, the, the, the role of a defender is predominantly done without the ball. And, and, and so if you start with six defensive players, there is a mindset that is different. So I, I do think that, you know, that there's one thing going away to Motherwell and you have Viner and Lee in midfield and you think, right, we're going to have a really solid defensive performance and we'll catch them on the break. And it was extremely effective there. But it, it's quite a different thing playing Rangers at Pataudry and having six guys who are her defenders. And I think realistically, if you're wanting to retain the ball, you're going to have to have more players in the team who are comfortable in possession and capable of doing that. And if you start with six defenders, that, that's a real challenge for you. And that's what we did last night. Well, let's uh, let's talk about formations, because I think there was a, a, a subtle but significant tweak last night, which combined with the fact that we had got back into the game, we scored at a good time, and we'll come on to that. It was to um, it was to pull Lewis Ferguson back. We'd started off in our fairly traditional four-two-three-one shape with, as you've said, Lee and Viner in that midfield, which um, isn't a recipe for it, flowing football. Let's say Ferguson was asked to play ten, Gallagher and Wilson wide. The change was basically to go to a four-four-one-one, more or less. So um, Lee moves out to left midfield. You draw Ferguson back. It means that you've actually got a midfielder in midfield. Lewis Ferguson's able to exert a bit more influence on the play. Often been accused of, of perhaps being negative in these games from the start, from the formation. But here was, a, here was an occasion where he plays his regular formation, his 4-2-3-1, at the start. 
then actually changes to what most people might say would be a more negative formation, 4-4-1-1, only the two attacking players. Yet, it allows us to get that foothold, it allows us to get up the pitch. We look better and more on the front foot as a result. So formations, tactics, they're incredibly important. And the fact that the away team couldn't reshuffle and didn't reorganise to that one change to actually get their dominance back was quite telling, I thought, Martin. It absolutely was. I mean, no, I don't need to give you any excuses to have a go at Steven Gerrard, but you know, he was. You know, it seemed to be that just that one simple change, he, he didn't know how to react. He was, he was, he, he almost like I wouldn't say he was found out, but it was just a very simple, basic change. From that point on, they were really kind of all at sea. Um, I thought Greg Lee out wide was so much better. I mean, what you know, what's him out there? Uh, once the once that formation change was made, I thought I thought Lewis Ferguson was excellent. Personally, would have had him as as my man of the match, you know, because he was just so so strong from what 38, 38, 40 minutes onwards. The kind of performances that we know we've seen we've seen plenty of, plenty of times from him, and these are the big these are the big games that you know he's going to he's hopefully going to shine many many times in the future for us. But it was it was just such a such a, a basic change, um, and we came so much at the game. They were they were a mess. I mean. Their defence just couldn't seem to cope. I mean, I've I've read a lot today where, you no, know, quite quite you no know, neg no negative stuff obviously from their supporters saying how Aberdeen dragged them into into a kind of a bit of a hoofball slugfest. This the, the, the typical bitterness that you would get from that lot. They had no no answer to sim- the simple fact is that we we closed them down. We we, we tackled them. We got you no know, we got in their faces. I mean. That's just that's just a kind of simple thing. We should have been doing that from the start, but we couldn't get close to them. Once once we got no, I said we were about a yard off them in the first half. In the second half, we were right there. We were there with them for the whole forty-five. This is the thing that comes from the fact is that they have some talented players, but they also have a, f- a few players in that team who are soft. Um, I think you could probably say their whole back four um, are soft and could be gotten at. And you saw you saw um, no even Wilson um, Gallagher as well. Cosgrove just pushing up, making putting them under pressure, making them move quick. You don't give them that extra second to make to make a decision with the ball, and then they were they were sort of sticking out for a throw, um, playing long balls up to Morelos, who wasn't able to do anything. You know, as soon as it got difficult, he resorted to type and was rolling about in the floor, um, looking for looking for free kicks, looking to get people booked or dare I say sent off. Um, and it was just it was just it seemed to be some such a simple change. Just it cha- actually changed the context of the game. Well, we did go long last night, Simon, but sometimes there's a purpose and a reason for going long. It's not just going long because you're trying to get rid of the football. It's very clear that they'd identified that they wanted to get Cosgrove and O'Gallagher directly up against Goldson or Hellander. Well, yes, I think I, I read um, quite often criticism of Gallagher, um, but one thing he really offers us is pace. And we don't have a lot of that elsewhere in the team. And I actually think that, you know, you described the 4-4-1 formation and playing just off the striker. And to me, that's where Gallagher can be really effective for us because you have the strength and power of Cosgrove and then you have the pace of Gallagher. He's still bedding into this level of football. He's not played at this, you know, he, he, he went straight from university football in, in the States to uh, the Atlanta system, played in their B team. Um, I, I think this level of football is a massive step up for him. And uh, I can see why um, some of the fans are, are critical of him occasionally if his, if his touch isn't good enough or if he tries things, things that don't come off. But um, if you have someone with that level, you know, that kind of pace, you saw the goal 
I think he's the only player in our squad that could have got that. You know, he, he really put the burners on and got the ball ahead of three of their players, got it across, and then put a decent hit on goal when he was running at pace in the opposite direction. Without that, going into halftime 2-0 down, we'd have probably really, really struggled. But, um, you know, getting that goal at that point gave everyone a real boost. And I think that um, uh, Gallagher's um, not just pace, but also the sort of energy and drive he provides is really important too. I thought he, I thought he did a good game last night too. Yeah, it was an absolutely critical time to score and to get the goal back before half-time. And, you know, we started the second half on the front foot as well. Sam Cosgrove had a chance from a very tight angle um, before we get the equaliser. And the equaliser really shows that if even put under a modicum of pressure, Martin, their back line was liable to crumble. I mean, we, we, we lambast the Aberdeen defending for their two goals, but blimey, they mirrored us, matched us when it came to that equaliser. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go through them through them each individually and you know and pick out their their faults. But you know, I've been I've been very critical of Tavernier on this on this podcast plenty of times before. Don't rate him uh, defensively. That's it. The, the central two. I mean, you know, Goldson is Goldson, Goldson is just awful. Um, and the less said about you no know, the other two, uh, Flanagan and Hellander, the better. They're just they were just awful and. No, we've been we've been critical of our defence, and that's fair enough. And no, other people have been very critical of our defence, and no, that is also fair enough as well because we have creaked no several times this season. It's fair to say they are they are no great shakes. And you say as soon as you put a touch of pressure on them, they were they were all over the place. You know, um, the pace the pace that um, Gallagher has yeah was causing them trouble. Even Lee. Out wide, he was causing causing Tavernier trouble, and somebody, you know, and Lee's, Lee's fairly quick as well. So that meant that Tavernier isn't doing as usual that he gets to do in these games, where he can just kind of sail up the sail up the touchline and cut in. You know, and he wasn't able to do that. He was actually having to work hard uh, and try and defend, and he was and he was all over the place as well. And it it, it goes to, it goes to show that you know if you just you put these kind of teams under pressure, then you no, know, you can find success in the game. Um, and it was just that's what that's where the like the disappointment comes from. Where, you know, I understand that you know not, not that they took the foot off the gas or anything like that because they were they were still they were wanting to obviously give us a, a, another doing. I'm absolutely sure of that. But you know, you score at such a critical time, you don't go in, in at half time, two goals down. You get that one back, and everybody's lifted. The manager has to change. Well, no, probably I, I would imagine his team talk was changed. You know, because he's not having to say about trying to get back into the game because we were we were in the game, um, perhaps undeservingly, but you know, tough luck, you take it. Um, and yeah, they were just, and it wasn't just their back four. I thought they you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really been impressed by a lot of their other players as well. You know, I don't think the guys were you no, know, they were getting much help from their midfield as well. To be honest, um, you know, you know, Ryan Kent's a bit of a show pony, really. So I thought you know their defence didn't get much help, and that's you no know, that played exactly in our hands. You know Cosgrove, Gallagher, you know the rest of the guys who were getting forward were able to make them you know make mistakes, and they were chucking the ball like out like it was you no know, going out of fashion, out for throw-ins, just slack passes. I mean, you no know, the chat, the header that Greg Lee had was just you know that could have been a glory moment. That slice from Flanagan, if somebody did that in an under tens match on a Saturday morning, you would be you'd be you'd be going mental at them. Never mind a professional. I think that's an important point, though, Martin, because um, Flanagan had that clearance that led to the Lee header, and he also had the the hack out of play that led to Constein's goal. And 
you know, there, there was a period between the, the two Rangers goals, the Arfield and the Jack goal, where they all looked they looked very composed in possession. They, they had the ball for virtually that whole time. We couldn't get it off them. And then suddenly, with the aggression and moving up the pitch, you know, we'd, we'd press them into, the, into their um, corners. And suddenly, they're hacking out a play like that. They've got no composure on the ball. And that's bound to give the guys confidence. Bound to think, right, well, you know, we can actually do something here. And I think um, seeing, seeing players like Flanagan lose their composure like that gave everyone a big lift. Certainly gave me a lift watching it. Yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, we could, it could have been another five nil if we hadn't scored when we did. Was my impression of how things were going because it it was bad. It was really bad. In the end, we maybe should have won it because that's a really big miss from Sam Cosgrove, Simon. Yes, um, I actually think it's a piece of terrible goalkeeping by our, our old friend Alan McGregor because really, if the ball's landing on a head three yards out from from the goal from a corner, the goalie really needs to come and, and claim it. But um, he didn't do that. No, and he, he got entirely preoccupied with Greg Lee was right on top of him. I was actually going to bring that up. He got entirely preoccupied with that tussle rather than really where the ball was going. It was it was just playing into how he reacts in a football pitch, to be honest. Yes, and, and, and having having managed to distract him that way, and if you, frankly, if you get your head in the ball at a corner that distance out, and you know your best your best striker, your your best target man, um, really I think we'd have hoped to score. I mean, we can't we can't rely on Cosgrove getting a goal every single game, and and he has bailed us out repeatedly this season, but uh, he's scored many many more difficult chances than that. And, and I, I, you know, when you saw it again, the replay, you know, it's like your head in your hands. Think, oh, he really should have scored that. I think, you know, other than a, a series of rather cheap free kicks, it, it was stunning how how that game turned, and basically the entire last fifty minutes, they they create the opposition created very little. A very strange night of football at Butaudry. Certainly, it could have been it could have been one which we walked out of there feeling miserable. I wonder if anybody did walk out at two 0 Actually, I think it's entirely possible the way the night was going. Whilst no one around here was doing cartwheels at a draw at home, I think that you know the manner in which they showed the fight, the grit, and the t- determination to get back on terms has got to give everybody a bit of a lift. That needs to be taken on to the game on Saturday at Easter Road. Talking about bounces, Hibbs's new manager bounce appears to have gone, giving away a two-goal lead at home to Kilmarnock last weekend, and of course losing again the lead to Ross County to get beat last night. And Easter Road's traditionally been a pretty happy hunting ground for us, Martin. Don't want to tempt fate by talking too much shit about them (laughs) because we've we've done that before and it's gone spectacularly wrong. Uh, But Easter Road's somewhere that we've had, you know, usually had a a fair amount of success. And, I mean, obviously you're going to have to play slightly different than you did last night. You know, you're going to have to be a bit more attacking and open and try and create a lot more. The, The way Hibs are at the moment... Um, despite having had a couple of decent results, um, I don't think that they should be giving us much trouble. Yeah, you said you said you weren't going to tempt fate there, uh, Martin. But nice work there. They're not going to cause us much trouble. Immediately, I see. I said it, and then I just gave it straight away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. McKenna spoke last night, Simon, about you know the second half display last night setting a setting a marker. I think Saturday is quite important to set a marker as well. New Hibs manager, a lot of a uh, lot of razzmatazz around Jack Ross, their, their appointment. He was going to be the Messiah. To really to put them back in the box would be would go a long way to assure us that we're going to be definitely up in third for this season. Well, it would, but I think we should accept that this is a more difficult fixture than it might have been at the start of the season. Uh, a big factor for Hibbs' uh, recent uh, run of good results is getting Martin Boyle back. He has real pace, 
and and you know I was saying again about the the issues that we have in our fullback positions. And I think if if I'm concerned about anything about Saturday, it's the fact that uh, Boyle is is on form, and um, maybe we need to be careful about that. I don't know what Andy Constein's situation is. He went off injured last night. Don't know if he'll be fit for um, the weekend. Um, if he's if he's not fit, then I would imagine that Lee will be at left back with uh, Taylor and McKenna in the middle. And I think. That is, you know, the, the, the pace there. He maybe will fancy his chances. So we've got to watch that a little bit. Um, I don't think we should assume this is an easy game at all, but we have a good record down there. So so we'll see. Um, but I think if, if I've got one worry, it would be Boyle. Martin Boyle, he is very fast. You're absolutely right. His, his end product, though, as well. Um, he came from League Two. That's all we really should say about that. Um, <laughs> definitely some injury problems still around the squad considering you mentioned Nam again missed out on appearance 300 on Wednesday um, I don't know what the prognosis on him is Ryan Hedges missed out from starting on Wednesday again wonder if that was tactical does seem like they're managing an injury for him as well would you be considering any other changes Martin? Totally depends on, on fitness. I mean, I would like to see someone like Hedges. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Um, if he's you know, if he's fit and available, then you, know, you would want him in. I mean, again, not really. Wasn't really impressed by James Wilson. Um, you know, he ran about. He worked hard, but um, you know, he's there was a quite a bit, a few moments where he's like caught in the ball and didn't really do much. Not that he was the only one, but you know, some of his, some of the passing from him just wasn't good enough on Wednesday. Um, and you're looking, you know, somebody like him, you know, with you know, he's played at the level he's played at, blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. You know, you're looking for better from him. So I would have liked to see. I mean, I'd have liked to see Hedges um, a lot earlier in the game than he was. But you know, um, I would like. You know, hopefully, Hedges will be in. If not, I mean, Connor McLennan's there as well. Um, somebody who deserves a chance. Um, I guess it, ju- it just just depends on on injuries what you're looking at. I mean, you don't want to change. You probably won't change too much if Constein's missing. Then that's that's going to be. I think that's going to be a big thing because that's going to f- enforce some changes. Um, Ash Taylor probably deserves to keep his place. It says a lot for Michael Devlin that you know he, he's now been dropped in favour of Ash Taylor. But you know you don't you probably won't make too much changes because the way we finished the game. Was was very good. So, you know, the the guys who had that level of that high level of performance in the second half, you know, probably deserve their place. I think everyone's very harsh on Taylor. Uh, I thought I thought he played really well last night. Uh, I think um, it, there's the people have uh, short memories about Taylor. There were a number of games in the years where we finished second every year. I remember the two one game at uh, over Celtic when Johnny Hayes was sent off. Taylor was an absolute rock in that game. Taylor Taylor is capable of playing at a really decent level. Okay, on that bombshell, uh, let's wrap this podcast <laughs> up. Um, I may have to rethink my opening introduction, Simon. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that really is the opinion of someone with a huge pulsating brain, but thank you very much for joining us tonight anyway. <laughs> you can edit that out, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Martin Clunas. Thank you as always, Richard. All right, we'll be back at some indeterminate point in the future um, where we'll be bringing you more controversial and ridiculous opinions. Uh, Stay tuned and come on, you Reds.